Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the DoubleClutch.ca podcast. I'm your host, Nick, managing editor of this fine establishment, and I'm joined in studio by my co-hosts, Nathan and Imran. And for those who might not be aware, we've been running this magazine for the better part of 10 years, more or less to give ourselves an excuse to play with whatever the latest and greatest cars are these days. Imran, why don't you tell me what you're playing with this week? <laughs> playing with. Playing with, yeah, yeah. <laughs> A Lincoln Corsair Reserve. We were talking about this last week. Yeah, and um, I don't... Am I getting old? Yes. Because yes. last week I liked the Buick. Yep. And this week, I really like this Lincoln. I told I mean, like, I'm younger than you, and I liked it, I think, more than you did. This thing's great. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's every, terrific. Like, everything about it. I know, Nick, you were saying, uh, so we have it, it's specced in ocean blue. Yes. Uh, for our dear listeners, I definitely do not like those primer-ish gray colors. Uh, very few cars can actually pull them off. Uh, and I'm not a big fan of, like, that, that bluish gray primer thing that's going on yeah just on like the, uh, non-metallic paint yeah. like non-metallic mid-hue paints like gray especially so yeah. i feel like i feel like lincoln did that because uh if you see a black one or a white one you mm. assume airport limo yeah <laughs> um so having a unique color i think hey, it's like this is someone actually owns this car yeah um but yeah i think it looks pretty good it works um, i like the blue also, yeah. the, the blue and gray is like the same spec as like the new kitchens of all these Lincoln customers. Like they're all blue <laughs> and gray as well. It is very <laughs> on trend. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. It also reminds me of uh, Gasp, that Porsche color. I forget what it's called, but Porsche has a color that's kind of similar. Um, it's not chalk. Chalk's no, it's not chalk. White. Yeah, I, I'm not going to remember what it's called. Everyone's but, got one now. But yeah, yeah. yeah it seems everyone. like it. Yeah. Yeah. I like this blue, though. The blue works. Yeah, I could do without... Um, some of the black accents. I don't know if that was a standalone package or not, or it just comes on the reserve model. I'm pretty sure it is. We, we were talking about this off mic earlier that like, I, I don't see the need of all these OEMs to offer like sport black appearance okay. packages on all of these cars. So funny anecdote. Uh, when I posted that, that whirlpool white thing on Instagram uh, <laughs> a few days ago, almost every picture that, that I found of all the crossovers we've tested this year, every single one of them has some sort of white paint option, black wheels, black trim. Yeah. Every single one. Dare to be different. Yeah. Well, that's the, <laughs> it's the support, yeah. right, uh, side of it. So, uh, yeah, Lincoln didn't need to go there. I mean, they're, it's a classy-ish brand. There's nothing sporty about the Corsair. I do like that about the Corsair in that it doesn't, it's, it's, honest because a lot of crossovers out there they're trying to be something they're not they're trying to be overly sporty yep overly aggressive overstyled but the corsair is a coach on wheels it embraces its coach on wheels mantra and it pulls it off extremely well yeah but it, like in a good way it, yeah. it's uh the power is is good. It's yeah, like it's not to say like it's a, it's a bore to drive. Like it mm, handles no. well enough. Like it yeah. moves well. Like yeah, like I I think they I think they really nailed it. I yeah. uh, I think the only reason it probably doesn't sell as much as it could is because nobody thinks about a Lincoln. Yeah. Um, at all. Yeah, which is kind of a shame because like they're nice. Like they they're really nice. There's not. I don't think there's a Lincoln they make right now that like that we all don't like more or less. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm. This is the first Lincoln I've driven in. I don't remember the last time I yeah. drove a Lincoln, but I was very impressed. Uh, the interior mm -hmm. is is it's nice. I think like, the interior really is really nice. The interior is what really surprised me the most. Um, I was fully expecting like you know just a fancier escape with like maybe some nicer leather here and there and some tight and 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 some tight and some tighter stitching, but it really does hide its escape roots incredibly mm -hmm. well. Yeah, I was I was expecting some cheapness somewhere yeah, like i was yeah. expecting some panels to yeah, squeak and stuff there's yeah. a bit of like you know hard to touch plastic on on the door panels and lower dash but like you know everything is pretty well well screwed together yeah, yeah. Um, it's nice materials it's a nice vehicle good place to uh, sit yeah i feel like all the touch points and everything are, are quite solid um the infotainment system is uh the ui is pretty good mm, yeah um, it's slick 
mostly yeah. slick. It's like really animated, you were saying. So yeah. like some mm -hmm. animations tend to hang a tiny bit, but overall works pretty well. Yeah, like you yeah, you sit into the thing and there's like a starry night sky yeah. that comes up on the gauge cluster mm -hmm. and, the, and the, a Corsair logo that like yeah. fades in on the infrared. And the little like, well, yeah. they had like, so the vehicle, from what I recall from when I wrote the review last year of, of mine, was that like all the sound effects, like when you open the door, there's that piano chime. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was for give me i don't remember it was i want to say i don't remember i don't want to pretend to remember some cities like symphony harmonic seriously yeah, yeah. Okay. that they got that they like hired to do these tones for that vehicle so i came out of and we talked about this last week the the forerunner um, yep and the forerunner yells at you for the lane departure warning yep. it's like a microwave beep it's just <laughs> it's irritating mm -hmm. uh, and i found that for a lot of toyota products yeah the Lincoln, it like gently, yeah. just like nudges you anytime yeah. you're like doing something that is wrong. Your seatbelt's not on; it's the softest chime ever. Yeah, yeah. you know, like excuse me, sir, your yeah. seatbelt isn't on. Yeah, it felt good. It reminded me of. Uh, I remember uh, one of our first episodes. Actually, we were talking about the Genesis G GV70. Yeah, and I mentioned the same thing yeah. that it was like subtle in the way it reminded you, mm -hmm. um, uh, or warned you of these things. And the, and Lincoln has that down pat. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was nice, and also you guys, both you guys said this when I was picking it up, uh, or a couple of days before, was that that sound system is amazing. Yeah. yeah, the Revel sound system is so good. Yeah, that yeah. is that is freaking good. I went for a drive, a solo drive on my own yesterday mm -hmm. uh, at night, just because I wanted to hear it. I just mm -hmm. wanted to like crank it up. Yeah, um, it's so good. It was like really impressively good. Yeah, like I I know not everybody loves that sort of. Um, Mimicking a, a concert hall kind mm -hmm. of thing, but I don't know. I like it. I think it sounds. Yeah, I think it sounds. And like awesome. you can tune that in or out, right? Yeah. Like it's it's very flexible in that regard. Yeah, I was I was I was really impressed. Um, yeah, and I think I don't want to. I always get this wrong, but the pricing. I think it was around fifty eight. I was looking at. It I was yesterday. gonna say, okay, I, thought, I, thought, I thought I recalled that being fifty eight. That's pretty yeah. healthy. So yeah. that puts it right smack in with with the Buick we were talking about last week and the Linux yeah. the, the, the Linux the Nix. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's actually a few grand cheaper than the NX three fifty. Mm, yeah, yeah. Wait, that was in the it was in the sixties. Yeah. The NX wasn't it? Well, my PHEV was sixty four. But right, I think like comparably PHEV. equipped, it's oh, the, it's, uh, it's about the same as the three fifty we had like a couple weeks ago. That was like high 60s for the gasser yeah but that was also before. like f sport 3 and this that and a whole bunch of other stuff yeah but this like, is also like fully loaded this yeah Corsair. yeah yeah what i'm saying is that with the lexus we're paying like seven grand for sport things that aren't sport. we're not going to use right <laughs> yeah. like and that's yeah. what this lincoln just doesn't even try to do yeah exactly and it's so much better for it yeah it, it just it just embraces the whole comfy couch thing it's so quiet mm -hmm. yeah yeah i actually i actually think it's like my my second favorite suv so far in that wow. i mean we'll get to the x the the yeah. m uh, suvs yeah. and stuff like that but in this category in this yeah. like realm of normal we'll call it um i i was very impressed like yeah. the gv70 still for me is something special yeah um but this one i was i was very much impressed with yeah good vehicle yeah um so i guess I'll take that cue to hand over to me. So we were kind of like <laughs> alluding to sport utilities that shouldn't do the sport utility thing, shouldn't be sporty, don't focus on trying to be sporty. It's a lost cause. BMW didn't get that memo this week, and they nope. sent us an X5M competition. In what color? In Isle of Man green, right? which was the same like swamp monster hulk green that's like gorgeous. That, like, that does it a disservice. It's such a gorgeous shade of like emerald green, um, like a deep metallic emerald green. It is. I think it works better on the X6 than the X5, though. I don't, I, I kind I don't, of agree with that. Like it, it's it yeah. suits like the slightly more exotic shape yeah. of of the X6. Yeah, it leans into like the swamp monster look that I like kept kind of leaning into with that. Thing. Yeah, I feel like yeah. the X5 has too much of a traditional SUV shape mm -hmm. for it to have a wild color. It does look better in the more subtle colors like carbon black and yeah and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. I've seen a lot of them in like that deep whatever sapphire blue BMW has, whose yeah. name I can't recall off the top of my head right now. Yeah. I don't want to say it's tanzanite blue, because that's more so on the on this. Your M8 spot. was that color. Oh, Either way, whatever. The point yeah. is, it looks great. Yeah. Um, what did you guys think? You all just took it out for a spin. That thing pulls oh. fucking hard. Yeah, it moves. Yeah. Holy, yeah, you, it's it's physics defying. Yeah. Yep. It's it's ridiculous how something that big can move that well. And, and moreover, like, of course it's going to be fast. It's a BMW. Every, every BMW is 5 million horsepower. They all boogie. Mm -hmm. um, and now with hybrid assist, they just boogie harder. Yeah. 
Um, so what's new for 2024? New for 24, so actually putting you on the spot with that one, Nick. Uh, uh, facelift for 24, so yep. slightly revised front end. Um, so like I think tighter lighting, it's got the angular halos yeah. that we're seeing on some yeah. of the newer cars. Uh, Drive Assist Pro is now a feature, um, so like it's hands-free driving. Oh yeah, lane yeah. change and everything? Yep. And nice. Oh, I, I should have mentioned, Lincoln does that too. I was yeah. so shocked. Really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Anyways, back to the Beamer. Um, what else is there? And like so many other of like of the big BMWs this year, I think mild hybrid is new to this. I don't recall, yeah, to be honest. That sounds about right. Yeah. It all, it all, it, it also gets the uh, new infotainment, right? The uh, Yes, new infotainment, piece. yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I've had, I, I feel kind of spoiled. I've had so many of like 24-year BMWs this year <laughs> that like I can't forget, oh, that's right, this big screen is new. I've like had five of them. One, like, right? yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, that thing is very confident. I, yeah. I uh, stopped on it a little bit and looked down and there was a little bit of, oh, yeah, this fast. But like, yeah. shockingly good handling. Like half the time, like in my head, I'll write off like a performance SUV. Like how good can this possibly be? It is 5,000 pounds. It is six feet off the ground. Like yeah. it's going to be fast in a straight line and ride too hard and be good at nothing. And this is a tiny bit too hard, but like it's built to be that way because it handles mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. well. Like the way this thing turns in and like if you really like really hustle it through a corner, it wants to rotate. Like, I encountered that last night. I was like, wait, is this thing trying to rotate on me? Am I, am I encountering a moment of overseer in an SUV? Really? Is this happening right so, now? So, wait, you said it rides a little too hard? I, I, I actually thought the opposite. Maybe I'm not that old. Um, I, I actually looked because you had your, the individual settings on, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it, I actually thought it was in, like, maybe sport or comfort. And yeah. I looked, and it was in sport plus suspension. Oh, I didn't leave it that way. And, so, oh. and I thought it was... It was perfectly compliant like, I, like don't get me wrong it's not it's rough like like so yeah. previous like of the harder m suvs have been like a little too flinty they've done a pretty good yeah. job dialing that out with this it's more like sports car firm it is yeah. definitely sports car firm and there's also just like the amount of energy being conveyed through those like enormous wheels and tires um there's just like a, a a non-zero amount of secondary vibration. I think the biggest thing with me, and this is not a knock against the vehicle, it's more just kind of a a philosophical question that maybe you guys can fill in for me. I've had a few, like, X6, 7 Series, whatever, M60i vehicles this year that have, like, the new S68R engine with, like, Mm. 500 million horsepower and 700 million electric torques. (laughs) Um, And, like, adaptive air suspension and really good steering and a great chassis and this and that. And I wonder who gets into that vehicle and goes, I need more. I want something more driver focused, <laughs> something harder, louder, faster, sharper, but definitely still a big SUV. I mean, BMW makes the XM, um, so they're very aware that part of their target market is the flex yes. market. Yeah, um, because that's what the XM is, and it is some super of these, flexy. yeah, and some of these higher ended or top line top trim BMW models, I think, fall into that category, and they're yeah. well aware. Yeah, but, like, the X5 is, like, one of the stealthiest vehicles they make now. Like, it has, like, yeah. the classic BMW fascia, if that means anything. Like, the smaller lights, it doesn't have the big sniff mm-hmm. or the divorced lighting of the 7s. Mm-hmm. Like, it's almost subtle. And, like, it, it again, not to knock it, it drives ridiculously well. Like, it handles yeah. bewilderingly well for something its size, it, in general. Like, I mean, it's so good. I mean, I guess I applaud BMW for... Um, you know they're they're very much why not yeah right yeah, um, yeah. I want I like want to I want to see I want to see this exact X5M um, in this color with the, like those family stickers on the back right you know like, <laughs> <laughs> like a soccer mom just like yeah. uh, me and my two kids and the one cat and one dog well yeah. I <laughs> <laughs> and, and I get like I guess for the application like okay like. I don't know, this is your only car, you drop the kids off at school, but you still really care about driving dynamics. Right. And you're not afraid to flaunt it because this thing is ridiculously fast. Like Yeah, for okay. a, for a rolling oxymoron, it's it's it is it is it is surprisingly the competent at blending comfort and sport, yeah. I find. Yeah, I feel like like I feel like the XM is a bit of a rolling oxymoron. Especially given that it's on green vehicle plates. Yeah. And like even heavier and bigger and more ridiculous. And I find like doesn't drive nearly as well. Whereas the X5M comp is competent. It's very competent at what it does. I just, I, I personally would save like whatever. I, I haven't looked at the price on this thing yet. I haven't, but I would pocket the 30, 40 grand difference and just go for an X5M60. Because it's still so fast and handles mm-hmm. it so well. I don't well, know what that extra edge is for. But if you want it, BMW does it. 
Well, it's the same. It's a similar case for the now previous generation 5 series. Why go for the M5 comp when the M550i was already so good? Uh, we also said the same thing about the M8 versus the 850. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, there's a little bit of a recurring theme here. Yeah. It's just a little, like, too hard, too much. Not a bad thing. I just don't quite get it. Also, being that it's an SUV, if you want to go faster, get a car. That's kind of where I get lost, personally. Yeah, but I think we're I think we're now in the era where, like, people are not compromising here. They yeah. want a fast yeah. SUV. Yeah, they want all of the stuff in one package. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, in an SUV. I don't even mean in one package. Like, yeah. they want it in an SUV. Yeah. They, yeah. they feel that that's better they like how it looks or what what have you yeah the ingress and egress yeah, yeah the, the over the road yeah so I, I think that's just like it's it used to be back in the day where it's like a sporty suv was because i had no choice yeah. because i yeah single car driveway or whatever yeah. um and i want something that's fun yeah um but it's not practical right for me to have multiple vehicles mm-hmm. um that's not the case anymore now people can have multiple vehicles and still have an x5m yeah mm-hmm. and because it's their yeah, fun it's car. just a desirable thing on its own yeah. and it is fun that that's what shocked me the most it's genuinely yeah. very entertaining yeah yeah i thought i thought it was great like, yeah um the last uh the last x6 i tested i remember i i, I was never a fan of the whole concept of the of the x6 i've always thought it was kind of absurd that it's a it's a equally excessive but slightly less practical version right. of the x5 yeah. uh-huh. but i remember taking my favorite series of on-ramps in Toronto with the X6M and I'm and the first thing I thought was once I got out of the out of the uh twists I'm like holy shit this thing can fucking boogie for a big ass <laughs> SUV mm-hmm. that, that's also obnoxious as hell yeah like it shrinks around you it hides its size it's yeah like an astonishing engineering exercise yeah they they've done that for a lot of their models i mean we we said similar things about the 7 series that we had last week right mm-hmm. that um, they do. They do shrink around you as big as they are. When you first get in, you get this sense of like, like this is a big car. It's not going to move. Yeah. Uh, and then you start going, um, and you're like, holy shit, this is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, really impressive stuff. Yeah. And this is coming from a guy who's multiple times said he's not a BMW guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, almost everything I've driven, yeah. I've been impressed it's like with. Shockingly excellent. Yeah. <laughs> right. Clearly, something's changed. Yeah, it's because I got that 328 now, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Clearly. Because that's the same. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. It's a 230 horsepower that's compact right. sports sedan versus a five bajillion yeah. horsepower SUV. It's, Definitely it's, the same it's thing. Like, especially for me, it was kind of a weird surprise coming off like the 760 last week, which was bigger, like substantially <laughs> larger vehicle yeah. than this Almost SUV. Almost as high, too. And substantially softer and nearly as high, right? So, like, that that's thing was crazy. like decidedly, for lack of a better word, boaty. Right, like much softer, much quieter, yeah. featherweight steering. This X5M does none of that. Like none of that. And also, like before we, we keep making this mistake, it's not an X5M because they've deleted that. There's no M's anymore. Now it's just comp. Now it's just comp because I think. Oh, it's we, just can, X5 competition. That's yes. what it's called. So can we have a minute to discuss this? Because I've I've been kind of accusing BMW of a long time prior to before I actually started driving them um, of like watering down the M name. Like, can you walk onto a BMW dealership and get any, any new BMW vehicle without an M badge on it somewhere? Is that a thing? <laughs> the two series with, maybe? With, um, uh, I tested the, there's a 230i 230i X-Drive. And that was a, that was a base two series. I, was there an M? <laughs> I don't think so. Not on like the door sills, a wheel, the no, steering I don't wheel. Think so. You're really sure about this? Not even like the badge wasn't the. the Sometimes the, they hide the, it on the rim, you know. The like there's a little twenty three, like fifty years of motorsport badge, not a one. It did not have the fifty, <laughs> the 50 years of motorsport badges. Okay, go. we found but, a unicorn. But to my point, the fact that we had to think this hard about it. Also, I think um, the X1 that Ben had last year was also a non M sport, and that one, no, no, no. I think that that still had uh, M badges on the wheels. Yeah, so. Yeah. I think that's kind of sort of an acknowledgement that BMW has been sort of watering down the M name for so long. Like M stands for marketing, not motorsport anymore. Um, <laughs> so everyone on the internet. And, and with like with how good the base vehicles have gotten, like the M40 and the M60i. Yeah. Because the M60i effectively has replaced the M's now. Yeah. And what used to be the M is now the M competition. They've had to differentiate like, okay, these are the real harder M's. Competition is the name now. So X5M competition. Not like Blackwing? 
Exactly. Actually, very much like that. Yeah. So like CT4V Blackway. Yeah. Right. It's. I mean, which company doesn't do that? Do this now, though, right? Like yeah. you have, heck, Acura with their A spec and uh, even AMGs, right? There's yeah. multiple. Yeah. There's AMGs the S and the now, Black Series right? and whatever else. Yeah. Um, yeah. I find like every everybody's doing this mm-hmm. now. So they're not they're not the only yeah. ones, but I will say they are probably uh, when they're putting an M on a car. Of any spec, there's a lot of M's that go everywhere. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot. Yeah, I just think it's interesting that like now what what used to be M, right? Because like now you can't buy an M5. You can get actually don't know what you can you can't get a 560 because Mercedes has a trademark on that. So I don't know what the five comp comparable would be. But the, there's the uh, M5 competition. Yeah, uh, the redesigned the redesigned five series. The is it the five M60? I know it's i5 M60, yeah. but what about the Gasser? It's PHEV only. The, the 60s there, it, PHEV, yeah. Really? Oh. Yeah. I didn't know that. So oh. the only gasser you can get in the new in the new 5 5 series lineup right now, the only the only strict gasser is the 530i. Huh. Everything else beyond that is is the i5 whatever electrified of some sort. Yeah. Huh. It's, it's either PHEV or fully electric. Interesting. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, not to veer off course too much, but I don't like that new redesign on the 5 Series. I think it, I, I didn't like it in photos. It, having seen it at BMW so many times this year, it looks pretty good. Really? I saw like, I must have seen like a 530 or something. I didn't, yeah. I thought the front end looked disconnected. It, like, I, I don't, I don't love it, but very much like so many 5 Series of the past, like they don't land well, Yeah. but like give it a while to digest and all of a sudden it starts making sense like the e60 no one like the e60 yeah. when when so for those who might not be aware of chassis codes and aren't this nerdy the five series that debuted in 2004 like mm-hmm. one of the first mm-hmm. first bangle cars but like the very angular headlights and stuff nobody liked that yeah. it was one of the ugliest cars in the world and now that car aged really well that car looks great uh, i don't know if it looks great it still looks, it's it, still weird i would say i would say it looks it still look it it still looks fairly modern yeah Con- Considering where the rest of BMW's lineup is now, yeah, um, it does look fairly modern. Yeah, you could put blacked out trim and twenty three inch wheels on it. Be a brand new BMW right now. <laughs> black optics. You yeah. just need the black optics. What's what's the nicest looking BMW today? Oh, that's hmm. a toss between the Z four and the eight. Yeah, the more I see the Z four, the more I'm like, I like. I there, think the Z four might have been my favorite press car this year. There, I really like that thing. There are still some awkward angles on the eight i find like from the front from the rear three quarters or the rear head on it looks pretty bulbous uh but the the eight that the the eight definitely does have presence tons of presence Um, in terms in terms of which was which was the best looking uh, I think I'm with Nathan on this one. I think it's a Z4. Yeah, that yeah. that that the press car was plum colored too, right? It yeah, was like uh, I think it's Thunder Night Rush, if my memory serves. Thunder Some, Night Rush. Thunder Light. Summer, no, it's Thunder, Thunder Night. Light I remember. Rush. I remember JF said it was like Thunder Night something. I think it was Thunder Night Rush. I'm not 100 percent sure. Sounds like a Viagra competitor. <laughs> <laughs> but it looked great. Oh yeah, with white interior too. That was a phenomenal spec. Hmm. Yeah, that. Uh, so I actually didn't see the presser, but it. Um, I actually saw one of those purple or yeah. plum or thunder thunder night rush or whatever yeah, it's called, sure, dude, uh, sure and it's it looked light. phenomenal. I think it's thunder night. Are you mixing things up? Let me look this up. <laughs> You're off TikTok, probably like one letter. Um, but yeah, before that, if you asked me that, like maybe like f- five years ago, I'd, I'd probably say that the last genuinely good looking BMW was his, was the Z8. Oh yeah, is that it? Yeah, I saw one of those on Dude, like that was Auto twenty years ago. But I know. Okay. What about a two thousand and eight three twenty eight XI? No. <laughs> you jackass. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd I think I I think I'd say Z four as well. Um, the the eight feels like like you like you said tons of presence but it feels like it was a like large sedan that was turned into a coupe a little bit like something about it just feels almost too big yeah um which for me like takes away a little bit of that styling the z4 i think is is pretty bang on which is funny mm-hmm. because when i first saw it i didn't i thought it looked yeah weird in pictures. I, I didn't i didn't love the portioning of it when i saw it in pictures and then i yeah. saw it in person like yo this is 
delicious. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Speaking of delicious, I love being right. Uh-oh. Thunder Knight. I so so I was half wrong. There's no rush. It's just Thunder Knight Metallic. Okay, that's... But it is most certainly Thunder Knight. Where did the rush Because what is where Thunder the, Light? Where did the That's not a thing. Thunder is sound. I Well, clearly I... <laughs> Clearly reading comprehension greater than me. <laughs> and I've just thought of a decent segue. So speaking of sound, Imran, why don't you tell us about the Mercedes C43 you just took oh, for a test drive? That is an interesting vehicle. Um, there's, okay, first of all, their info, their instrument cluster mm-hmm. is, uh, it's a little love it or hate it, I find. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first sat in, it had like that, fighter pilot looking setting yeah. on it yeah um which at first i was kind of like eh but it's it's kind of fun um, yeah actually it looks kind of cool like the tack for those who might not be aware so the center is like a little i forget what little information display i think with a speed readout mm-hmm. yeah and then like the tack itself is just a circle that grows out from that yeah it looks like a radar yeah like yeah and even the heads-up display has the yeah. same radar look to it yeah um but yeah, anyways, that's kind of the first thing that kind of stood out to me even before I started the thing. Uh, but then when you get moving, I had it in Sport yeah. Plus mode um, and the sound, which is what you're referring to. Um, I didn't love that. I, I found that there's a lot of piped in engine noise, which is virtually every car today. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was disconcerting because a lot of the noise was coming from the back speakers. That's because it's rear-engined. <laughs> it literally, it was like, it felt like I'm, like I'm driving a 911 or something. Like, it was really strange. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I noticed that, okay, so I thought that was just me, because I've been driving my buddy's old Mercedes around all week, yeah. so I was used to, like, the noise coming from which the front your, of the car. It's actually your former Mercedes. Yes, but it's his now. Yeah. And so when I got into this Mercedes, like, why is there so much noise coming from the back of the car? And I just right. wrote it off as, like, sport exhaust making noise out the back of the car where it belongs. That tracks, right? <laughs> um, it's a turbo engine. It has no induction noise. So, yeah, it would all be at the back of the car. No, because jo- John, and how tall is John? 6'3". Yeah. So he Definitely has, yeah. So, uh, yeah. And then, so I was in his seating position mm-hmm. at first, and I am not 6'3". And um, it, so the speakers were, the rear speakers were kind of close to my ears. Right. And I could, it was very obvious that yeah. it's coming from the back. Even, like, the pops and bangs were accentuated with the rear hmm. speakers. And mm. I just thought it was really weird. A L- little hammy. A little, like, too over the top. And I get they're trying to replace, like, some of the character that's been lost by the V8. Or that the 43 wouldn't have had a V8 anyway. No, it had the, uh, would have had the V... This, what, this, did C ever get the straight six? No, no, no. The four... It was a yeah. It was a turbo. It was a yeah. turbo. The first, way, it definitely had the six before. Yeah. Uh, okay. Which was a lovely engine. Uh, in um, yeah, in the pre refresh. Yeah. But I honestly can't remember if it, if it, if it was an inline or a V six. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure it was an inline. Either way, all the newer ish AMGs, except for the biggest ones, are yeah. all the the turbo four now. And like AMG will say, like, oh, it's the most powerful four cylinder in the world, and on the sixty threes, sure. not the forty threes. Yeah, sure, uh, but it still lacks a lot of character. Yeah. Even, even the, even the Turbo Four Hybrid in in our C forty three tester still loses quite, not quite a bit of character compared to the six. Oh, oh, definitely, mm-hmm. yeah. And and again, with that piped in noise, like that is very obviously fake. Um, don't particularly enjoy that. I mean the. There is power. The power is there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's punchy. It's, it's 400 horsepower. Yeah. It's not nothing. Yeah, and I and I do, like, I commend them for um, being sort of the first to really take the leap into we're going to make a sporty car that is um, a, a hybrid. Not many people have done that. Um, is it a hybrid? Well, like, it's like... Mild hybrid. Mild it? hybrid, okay, yeah. yeah. Right? So, um, but it does feel very first generation, mm. I'd how, say. How so? Like, there is a lot of... I feel like the, the the power is not necessarily linear. There's a little bit of clunkiness sometimes when you're taking off from a uh, from a light. Um, you could kind of feel it like it's confused mm. a little bit, um, which I just found yeah a little bit odd. Okay. Um, but you know, other than other than that, like it's um, you know exterior wise it 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 looks pretty good. I think yeah. it's a, I think it's a good looking mm-hmm. good looking car. I said baby. Uh, S class, and you said that the S class is actually a large C C class. But I, regardless, I, I think they're I think they're good looking cars. Yeah, th- there is this I- idea of like I was just reading about this from Bruno Sacco, he used to be chief of design at Mercedes, 
he had this this big idea about uh, horizontal homogeneity, where like all cars should look like they're from the same family, and that mm-hmm. tracks. That makes sense. Everyone's doing that now. I just think Mercedes is doing it a tiny bit too well. Like the C looks like an E, which looks like an S. Well, you, you could, uh, yeah, you could you could still say the same about Mercedes in the early '90s as well. Everything had sort of that boxy squared off look. Except for the yeah. E. The E was always different. No, right? even the 190 E, like like the uh, one that that. That came before when they yeah, went like, yeah. to those brown headlights and what, yeah, you're probably right. I'm not. I may. I might not be being fair. I think the wheels on that thing look great. Like actually, like, I love <laughs> yeah. the wheel design on that thing, and I like that they didn't do a black optics package. So like, it's a black car, but like you have a chrome grille and bright yeah. work and like bright machine finish wheels. Yeah. I think that actually like pops a bit. It looks pretty good. Yeah, and, and it's a nice break from like the murdered out we see on every other mm-hmm. press car. Yeah, and I think mm-hmm. that's fit. Like for Mercedes, that's fitting too, right? Like yeah. you want you want to see some of that chrome, some of that yeah. that 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 shine. Um, I mean, certainly it's all over the place on every single Mercedes interior. Yeah, um, yeah, everything is shiny yep. and <laughs> sparkly, very, very shiny, very high gloss. Yes, it doesn't yeah. have the hyper screen though, which I think is a good thing. I'm not a big fan of the hyper screen. No, I much prefer the infotainment layout in the. Uh, and they see for it to be the single mm-hmm. vertical-oriented touchscreen. Yeah, yeah. Do you guys do you guys like that stair- steering wheel? It feels so alien to me. With like that, I don't love the capacitive touch buttons. Like like the broken record, the capacitive does yeah. not belong on a steering wheel, and it doesn't belong on that one. I, I'm not a fan personally. Yeah, I think it does it better than Volkswagen. Um, yeah, because I distinctly recall in the GTI and Golf R, uh, whenever I take a corner, I would like. Hit the volume, <laughs> the the yeah. the volume, and yeah, change the track, yeah, and, yeah. and turn up the radio, change the radio station mid corner. Uh, didn't have that issue in the C forty three to Mercedes credit, and there are a lot of other Mercedes that use that same basic steering wheel design. Yeah. So it's still not 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 a problem. In Do they not all use I, the exact same steering wheel now? Yeah, it seems like it. That weird sort of yeah, not the EQE, yeah. which we'll get to later. Isn't it the same? I could have. All right, whatever. I could probably wrong. Yeah, but the EQE doesn't have that, like the dual, the two prong spokes on the side. It's like one. Oh, right, right, right. right. I see what you mean. Yes, yes, yes. Also, I'm pretty sure the S. Actually, I don't. I know the previous gen S class had the the. The, the, I think the, I think the S the, has like the, 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 the thicker spokes of like. Do they still these. have the the two spoke steering wheel in the S class? Is it two spoke? I don't recall. No, I don't. I don't, I don't think so. Maybe. I don't know. It was recent. I'm being told but off mic. It does not. It's three spoke now. Um. Anyway, let's talk about this EQE. Actually, wait. No, no, no. Hang on. Let's let's back up a little bit. We were having a pretty good conversation about this earlier today around the office. Um, Nick, I don't know if you were present for it. I wasn't. I was filled in later. Imran, curious about your opinion on this. So, sports sedans. Right. You've got this Mercedes C43 mm-hmm. with like big turbo four power. Yeah. And like. Slick Mercedes style. Yeah. At what did we sticker this thing out to? Like eighty five something to Oof. that end. Like it starts at eighty one. Starts yeah. at eighty one and has like the driver's package. Yeah. Which is just an appearance package, from what I recall, and that's four grand. So I'm gonna ballpark it at eighty five. Right. There is the BMW M three forty i. Not to not to butt in here, but uh, ninety one seven as tested. Wow, okay. <laughs> that's not a cheap four cylinder. Okay, so ninety one seven for the C forty three. You had an M three forty i last year. Yes, and that was that was roughly eighty as tested. Eighty as tested, yes. and that had God's own engine, the B fifty eight, absolutely, and God's <laughs> and, transmission, the ZFA. We're definitely not a biased <laughs> outlet. I'm really not trying to be. It's just very good. Um, so there's that. There is the Lexus IS500, mm-hmm. which right. is tied with the Z4s, my favorite press car this year. And that's sticker then? 77 grand. 77, okay. That's uh, a steal. Yeah. 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 I think Different would, flavor, though. Yeah. And then yeah. the ATSV. Sorry, CT5V Blackwing. <laughs> CT4V Blackwing. That's no, no, right. Was, yeah. CT4V Blackwing, <laughs> the one that I had a few weeks ago. And that was, I think, 80. 82. Ooh, that's a competitive segment. Mm-hmm. What does an S4 go for these days? I don't know. I actually haven't the faintest idea. <laughs> off mic can we get a look up on that I, I was going to say is there an S4 still or is it, it all is S5 yeah. like I don't even know if there's an S4 I'm being anymore. told there is still an S4 in production really he's looking up the sticker on it right now oh. in the meantime so between those four right we got M- M340i C43 
a CT4V Blackwing and an IS500. That's a very difficult decision between the M340i and the IS500. Yeah. But, like, it's very much, like... Yeah. It's very much catered to, to like, different tastes. If you're a purist, you can choose between the CT4... The CT4B Blackwing or the IS500. If you emphasize more tech, more gadgetry, um, the C4 the C43 is arguably up your alley. If you want the best of all worlds, three series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I imagine that that the M340i is kind of the sweet spot. But but Nick, you're yeah. right. Like they're as much as these are direct competitors, they're so different. Yeah, they like, all have very different, different characters. Yeah, you have like the tech in the Benz. You have, like you said, sort of the all-around BMW-ness of the yep. BMW. The, the, I was about to say ATS. <laughs> yeah. The, the CT4 uh, is... Uh, yeah, the CT4 is a better BMW than BMW. Like, and it's, it's a six-speed yeah. manual. It's, like, a, it's, it's a surprise, It drives right? great. It drives so good. It's, it's, yeah. it, it, it feels weird to say that the... That the Say ATSV again. Yeah, the purest <laughs> driver's car is a Cadillac. It's a Cadillac of all yeah. things. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and there's no sarcasm here. Like that's yeah, like that's actually true. like yeah, incredibly good. I was absolutely floored. I still think about that thing. I, just, I remember I didn't adore it that week because it was in this uncanny valley of being very close to being a classic BMW, yeah. but not a classic BMW. <laughs> yep. But I'm still thinking about it like it's a classic BMW. It's no, really good. It, it, it was good. And then and then lastly, this this Lexus, and which is also of all people, Lexus keeping yep. the five liter fire-breathing v8 alive yeah yeah i think yeah i think i think nick you and i are on the same page we'd probably agree that the m340i is probably the most like all-around competent like upper rally mm-hmm. probably the best objective vehicle yeah um, subjectively i take the ice 500 without blinking every time yeah. every single really time. yeah even as much as you were singing the praises of the blackwing you were you were enjoying it. I, I remember mean, that. I like the Blackwing. It drove ridiculously well, but there, for me, there was like some little. La- I think the biggest problem with me is that because it was so close to being a classic BMW, if I wanted that flavor, I would just go get a classic BMW. So, so I missed out on the IS uh, five hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have an ISF in the past. Um, is it just the noise, or is there more to it? There's that you love. That is a great question. Uh, the noise is a large thing, and you know how I feel about like not letting noise cloud things too much. Like I've brought up the point of like if you were deaf, would this car still be good? <laughs> um, it's not so much noise. I find it's more the sound because it's it's more it's more cl- what. Right. <laughs> noise. Oh, I didn't but, mean that in a bad way. I meant you, you can make noise. I can make noise right now. Blah 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 blah. blah. That's noise. <laughs> the i the is 500 sounds good there's yeah. complexity to its exhaust note it and induction noise it, induction mm. noise is a big one um yeah, oral pleasure it starts off yeah. demure you are it turns into a thunderous roar as soon as you like rev it out yeah but but like what? take the the like like take the c43 it it just sounds like an angry sewing machine when you ring it out I, I think, yeah, to, to kind of back a little bit, to get away from the sound. So what I really admired about the thing, other than the sound, and oh my God, the sound is so good, um, is I like that it has like decidedly the most relaxed feel of all these sports sedans. Not in a numb way, not in a bad way. It's just very chill, and it's by far the best daily. It's the quietest. It's mm-hmm. the best riding. Um, it, to me, it was very reminiscent of an old Mercedes. Like it was deliberate. It had like a nice heft to it, and it was communicative and solid and like satisfying. But not like I find all these other sports stands are a little too overeager, a little darty, a little artificially. And for right. me, the Lexus not trying to be yeah overeager was just a lot more satisfying. I also liked um, big torque, big natural torque. I thought the transmission was good, not perfect but very good and limited slip diff so it was actually like a nice playful compliant chassis that wasn't too hard it wasn't too on edge it was easy to get out easy to balance easy to play with i as someone who enjoys older cars mm-hmm. absolutely adored it I, I got into that thing and it was like a warm handshake from an old friend so would the you first time would you say it's in like the realm of the older like isfs i never where, drove one of those okay so the isf i found that was it was like great engine Decent transmission mm. and decent everything else, mm. uh, which makes for a great daily. 
Um, but when you're thinking of a, if you want to be more on the sports side mm. of a sports sedan, uh, I actually tracked that thing a couple of times and it was horrendous. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and the flip side is I've never done a track day. And, I, and like yeah, for a daily, I don't really care to, right? I want to right. have some fun. I want to play with it. I want to rip it on ramp once in a while. And I want to have some like decent acoustics behind me. And that nailed it. And it can do the casual drift. So many cars can't do a casual drift anymore. You have to be turned like 70 things yeah. off and then put your foot down and wait for the all-wheel drive to kind of think about the meaning of life right. and then defeat itself <laughs> and then fling you forward anyway until the front end scrambles Fair. and tries to catch up. Yeah. Whereas the ISF, you can lean into it a little bit and it'll rotate a little bit without making a racket and it's glorious. Yeah, but so does the M340i. Just, just Does it? I mean, as does long it? as you... well. Does you it? Did, BMWs you, don't do that. You, they're they're, they're full to... send. They are like kill or not. Mm. Kill or chill. That's all they know. <laughs> what do you mean? They have those drift score things now in there. Exactly. So you can see how much <laughs> you killed. <laughs> <laughs> I love BMWs, but they have no chill. <laughs> but, but, but like, as much as we love, I, as much as we agree that like, to us, the IS500 might be the sports sedan that we would put our own money yeah. um down towards, I would, I would say to the most, to most of, the, to most of the buying public who BMW, Mercedes, um, Audi, Lexus mm. actually sell their cars to. Um, yeah, the M three the 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 M three forty i still blends that like that that communicative nature, that delicious engine, the sound, in a bit more of a modern package. Yeah, because that's yeah. the thing about the IS five hundred. It's great chassis, great road manners, but the interior does feel dated in that thing. Yeah, I think we'd all recommend the 340i. We're doing like yes. the Clarkson meme where it's like, this is very good, yes. but I like this. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's just like, it's just oozes dripping with character. Like, it's just got so much charm and personality. Yeah, yeah. There's, I, I guess we're saying that there's, there's our choice and then the right choice. The yeah, right yeah, choice exactly. is the 340. Yep. Yeah. Um, Maybe the CT4V Blackwing if you don't need need a back seat that often. Yeah. Yeah. CT4V is very good. This is very very good. Yeah. Um, coming back around to that that the C43. Um, yeah. Like I I don't I don't think it would be it would be my pick. Um, I could see why people would like it. Um, I think yep. it's I think it's. Uh, for people who say they want a sports sedan but don't want a sports sedan, I think it's yeah. a little bit like that. Um, so I have an AMG. I have something that's sporty, but in reality, like I don't think it would keep up with something like yeah, like a 340i or a Blackwing, um, whether in outright numbers or just fun factor. Character. Yeah. Yeah. It, I think it hits the right notes for its target demographic. It yeah. looks the part. It makes the noises. Yeah. I wonder how how quick the the new C sixty three with this. Yes, I know it's a, still a four cylinder and, yeah. and and hybrid and all that stuff. I think it wasn't but, like low but, threes. But yeah, because this thing it's was this, the forty three was pretty quick. So yeah. I, the sixty three is probably going to be like hang on. Yeah, but again, yeah. I fully admit that the that the four the four liter twin turbo V eight in the previous C sixty three was a darling of an engine, and it just pains me to know that it's that you can't get it anymore. Yeah. Like the character was one of the biggest, biggest aspects uh, that that drew me towards the previous C sixty threes, but the fact that <laughs> the fact that it's now a four cylinder just it's just it, it's like it's a dagger through my heart. Yeah, like they they went all in with this quote unquote update, right? Like, and AMGs are sort of like you can even argue in some ways that the BMW M cars aren't as tied to their engines as previous AMGs were. Um, in terms of like their character, if you will, um, I feel like the that V8, like you're talking about, yeah. and even previous gen AMG V8s, yeah, um, you know the 6.3 and mm -hmm. all that stuff, like they were just that was the the whole essence of the car, mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of gone now. Mm. Sad. Speaking of Mercedes with no engines, with Mercedes with no engines, uh, we also got an EQE 500 in the garage this week. What do you think of that? I I have yet to. Yeah, Nick, you got that one. You know tell what? us about it. Well, we were having th this discussion as well earlier uh, today in the office, um, and I agree with you, Nathan. It's of all the EQ products, the EQE is probably the least offensive because you also had the EQE 500 sedan 
earlier yeah, this year. In the primer gray that you're so fond of. <laughs> <laughs> and like I, I kinda liked it. Like it's it, like it, it I, I think it looked good. It hit the notes of being like futuristic y looking yeah. without being like over the top like the EQS is. Yeah. Uh drove well, handle well, good range, like it's 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 a pretty good all rounder. It's also pretty pricey because um I do have the spec sheet queued up here. Yeah, aren't they like one? Um, mine, I think mine was, if I recall correctly, one thirty. So the SUV is probably what a few more. Starts at one hundred four nine. Uh, this one, as tested, is one twenty seven three thirty. I gotta go back and check my notes. <laughs> so that, wow. that's a lot. And is this of money. is this thing littered with tech as the EQS was? It's not as over the top as the EQS it still has the hyper screen right uh, which again not a fan of yeah especially um, it's, it's a $10,000 option too. it's That's, a $10,000 option $10,000 option at least it was on my EQE sedan wow. I assume it's no, the same yeah, on the yep. SUV it's 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 stupid money I, th- I think this one's about like this one's a $9,000 option yeah but it's still crazy money for what's basically three it's separate just three screens, screens in one gloss black yeah. frame yeah yeah I, I, um, I really I don't care for that on my EQE. So I just had like, like we were discussing earlier, like the large vertical yeah. portrait style screen that. that goes up the middle. And it was kind of floating over like, I don't know if it was real or not, but like some sort of synthesized open pore, like mm-hmm. gray wood that gave like a little bit of organic touch to an otherwise yep. very like synthetic futuristic interior. And I like that contrast. I like that because it kind of like channels the, the Mercedes Benz that we're used to is sort of like that, understated classiness that kind of mm-hmm. blends classiness with yeah. with tech uh i don't get that sense in the in the eqe s in mm-hmm. the eqe yeah, 500 because you're the, losing that 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 texture from yeah. the dashboard it's just yeah. gloss gloss screen gloss clean gloss like just more yeah. tech yeah. more future yeah, yeah. all the more tech. fingerprints more dust <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it's it's less offensive than the eqs um and like it makes sense, like, like it's it's good range. Yeah, there's like what is the range, dude? I think five hundred ish. Five hundred ish kilometers. Yeah. Um, I picked it up with a ninety one percent charge, uh, and it was and and it was showing about four hundred eighty kilometers, which is still more than enough for what for what for what most people need. Yeah, and, and that's not even on a full charge. Yeah, and like it's comfy, quiet as as they all are. Lots of cargo space, good use of space. Like the cabin is pretty well thought yep. out. I don't yep. love the way Mercedes does things, but like it works pretty well to that end. If you want like that that futuristic style, material quality is still kind of a miss for me. Like if you didn't if you didn't tell me how much it cost, I would say uh, based on like sitting in it alone, I'd say it's probably it feels like it's more worth like sixty grand because uh, there's like a decent amount of like hard touch um on the on the door panels and lower dash um kind of not what not exactly what you would expect out of a uh, $130,000 electric car um but definitely a bit less it's definitely more passable in the EQE than in the EQS hmm. yeah i mean i think we're learning that this is this sort of proliferates throughout all of their yeah. newer models right now yeah. like there's there's uh it's just not what you expect out of out of a mercedes like we're so used to them being uh literal bank vaults back in the day right so to have any sort of scratchy plastics and whatnot is is a little bit disappointing yeah um all the budget probably went into the hyper screen (laughs) hyper screen yeah yeah and unfortunately I, i don't know if the the regular consumer market loves those screens i feel like i'm also in the minority here um i kind of like M Bucks, you're in the minority among us. <laughs> yeah, but like, it's it's it, not it's not bad. It's intuitive enough. I I find it more intuitive than their old uh, knob base system, which the which by the way the G sixty three still has. Oh. Um, and like the voice commands are pretty smart. They're pretty responsive, and like they they can actually tell jokes. Really, <laughs> I find they're very like hit or miss and like i did my very best to enunciate and speak clearly and i would get yeah. different responses it 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 likes me i mean like i okay. asked like, like hey mercedes turn on the heat the heat the heated steering wheel maybe it's a bit like it might be a bit slow to like use certain functions as right. it like sort of thinks but by and large it still executes you know my commands um 
Yeah, I think for yeah. me, like, my thing was, like, I was kind of deliberately being dumb because I would get in, I would try to find, like, the seat massage button or function, couldn't find it, so right. I tried telling the car to do it for me, and then it told me to download a smart home app. Like, <laughs> really? Okay. Like, guys, that? come on. Like, <laughs> yeah. Right. And, like, it's it's voice activation. Everyone's kind of iffy with it. Like, so be it. I, yeah. just, I, I don't love Mercedes user design. When I, when I got to live with it, you got to learn it, and it's fine. I just don't yeah. find it's very intuitive at first blush. Yeah, so I, I agree. I think I think the Mercedes UI is you have to spend time with it. Yeah. Like, it's it's not one of those that are just intuitive. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's like I feel like they've not that they've tried to make it complicated but they like they want you to know it's techie mm-hmm. yeah you look know? at how many like, features yes yeah look at the screen screen for you there's screen so for much technology yeah. so many yeah. buttons like it's just yeah like look no the, buttons well, so many no the, buttons. so many so many no buttons yeah, yeah. <laughs> look at the ambient lighting <laughs> ambient lighting is the feature this is luxury luxury is lighting yeah yeah very very much so I will say among like the highest resolution screens, yes, uh, that all yeah. Yeah. Yeah, their, their displays the, are, they like, are top notch, very sharp. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, my OLED at home costs less than a hyperscreen. Yeah, <laughs> yep, <laughs> yep. Yeah, but your OLED is only one screen. The hyperscreen <laughs> is three yeah. screens. That's right. Hey, and they're hyper. Seventy-seven inches, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it is bigger than the hyperscreen. Um, it's funny when you touched on uh, Imran when you touched on the Corsair changing lanes for you. Um, I try that out uh, with the okay. So let me backpedal here. Uh, with the EQE 500, I'm fully embracing the Nathan Leipzig uh, guidebook to <laughs> NPC mobiles, and that I'm letting it do basically all the driving for me. Um, yeah. Of course, while still actually looking out the windows. Right. And it it feels like the lane change function specifically. It's really weird to get used to it at first. But it's actually really clever. So, like, you mean in in this Mercedes in particular compared to others, or are you just starting just to play with this now for the first time I've, and realizing they're all kind of weird? Well, yes, and in the sense that you know, oh, it's Bobby's you, first NPC. Look so, at him; he hasn't oh, done this before. So, hey, hey, Learning hey, how to NPC. Hey, hey, it was it was my first two in the Lincoln actually, and uh, and the Lincoln would suggest a lane change. Did the Mercedes do that? It would it would come I up on screen. I think it only does it when you have root guidance activated. Yes, yes. Mm. Um, but 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 with the EQE, all you have to do, do is like flip on the turn signal. It monitors blind spots for you, yeah. and it just changes lanes when it. Wait, when hang it on. Yeah. Have you guys been driving these like new fancy automated self guiding? appliances manually this whole time no did i, I just I, turn you on I to this no i don't think i had another press car that has that had lane change capability what about adaptive cruise no adaptive cruise yeah but, but that's did, i but mean like, use it yeah I, use it I just found out apparently like i'm one of the minorities among us that actually uses it regularly well, I, use that, I use adaptive cruise control regularly not so much like lane change assist okay because that's usually tied with lane departure warnings and i don't like how most lane departure warning systems operate yeah but like most now are just lane centering they just kind of keep it in, in the yeah. middle of the lane for just keep like a finger on the wheel so it knows you're there and just kind of like does it all for you yeah no but the, if i'm the, on the highway the car is driving for me it's great uh, <laughs> drive into work tomorrow this morning it was, it was great the the Lincoln's was great. Like it was, it would suggest a lane, suggest a lane yeah. change. It literally yeah. says lane change suggested. I think those are the actual words. Nice. Um, and then you, yeah, you hit the turn signal stock and it says preparing lane change. Yeah. And then it just does it. Yeah. It was fantastic. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see how, how the, e, how the EQE's lane change assist works like in traffic. Uh, but I'm not sure. Um, it, it will like that. wait until you're clear. Like, yeah. like yeah. way too clear to the point where it won't actually. No, no, it's, it's you pretty off. smart about it. Yeah? It's pretty good about it, yeah. Hmm. Like, know, cautious, but it works well. You know, actually, here's a question, Nathan. Mm-hmm. Um, I've owned vehicles that have this feature, like the park assist stuff. Uh-huh. I have never tried it. Okay, I didn't. It was rush turn me on to park assist. Because yeah. like, even I was like, I'm going to be a curmudgeon. I'll park myself. Like, right. Yeah. Gonna, but I'll use the cameras because, like, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. let, let it help me out, right? What's the whole point? I'm used to old ship boxes, so it's having something new and nice. It'll drive for me. Okay, I'll let it. This is nice. Um, but it was it was Rush who actually, we were in the Range Rover we had a few weeks ago. He's like, let's try the park assist. And I'm like, no. <laughs> He's like, no, dude. Like, think about it. Someone, some guy 
or girl, spent a lot of time, probably their whole careers, like learning how to code and develop this stuff. They spent so many hours trying to make this right and make it a product just for you so that this behemoth can park itself on its own. It's a miracle of engineering <laughs> like that someone you worked feel really like... hard on. You should try it. And I thought about this personally. Okay, I'll try it. And since then, I've been trying it. So, so are we talking about like backing into a spot are we talking about parallel parking which one i haven't tried parallel parking because i am like deathly afraid of curbing rims on yeah yeah Yeah. um but like backing into a spot like okay i'll try it and like with the seven i had last week Mm -hmm. like i was a dick about it i didn't even like set up for a spot nicely i just like stopped randomly on an angle somewhere (laughs) yeah reverse hit park and it just did it so (laughs) so when you say just did it um it like backed up went forward to correct and then backed in again what what was your involvement in this zero like zero as in like don't even touch the brakes or so like you know you got your foot on the brake put in reverse yeah then you hit the button on the screen for like prepare for park assist whatever it's called okay like all the brake and then it flashes okay ready release release brake right and that's it that's it that's it and then you you don't have to do the brakes no did it ever have to correct itself yeah but like it does it all on the fly like you don't you do not you're not involved as soon as you let go of the brake you are not involved no i'm saying did it, it did it ever have to like move back up to correct itself yeah and then well because like i didn't set it up right so it had to yeah. do a three point to get in the spot but then but, but it calculated it and did it and no, it was but parked it, dead straight what i mean is like is it telling you to put it back in drive so it can move up no a bit? no it just figures it out so it's putting itself back in drive yeah moving if, if it up, sees if it back sees, in reverse because like if it sees a spot and it calculates nuts. it like yo I can fit into that spot. Yeah. It'll say ready and do it. Right. Yeah. And if it doesn't see a spot or if it doesn't think it can do a spot, then it just won't show ready. I'm still so paranoid to try that. I had a Mini Cooper that had this. Yeah. And it, I it never got, tried like, it. It, it got mark- frighteningly close to a couple of cars. <laughs> but it also, like, it's radar guided. It knows exactly how much room right. it has. I used it. I used the Active Park Assist exactly once on my Mark, on my Mark 7 GTI just to see how cool it is. Yeah. Uh, I... But personally, I park faster than that computer does. Sure. So it's kind of pointless for me because humble brag. Yeah. Yeah. But like, 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 I mean, I was like, I can set myself up and do it in one shot. Yeah. Like, it was just neat to watch this like Leviathan park itself. I think one of the most one one of the funniest experiences I've had with with uh, Park Assist was in my old condo. I I tried to make a pre refresh Ford Escape was like in 2019 or 2020 park in my spot and it it fully parked over the line oh it did <laughs> yeah <laughs> um rush turned me on some that bmws do i think rangies do it too i'm not sure um i forget what it's called but basically it's like prepare route or memorize route or something like that or so like i have a long driveway i park i like i stop on the street i put in reverse and i back up a long driveway and into my parking spot you can set up the bmw to memorize that route and do it every time automatically oh like as in to know yeah. where to end this yeah. parking endeavor yeah so like it'll start on the street it'll park, yeah. it'll go 30 feet down my driveway knowing like the parking spot yeah. back here oh it's like you recording can program it to remember that route based on like gps and stuff oh that is so interesting that's crazy how well it works yeah that's that's useful yeah super useful yeah oh that's cool that's cool but yeah, I'll uh, I'll give it a shot in the link and I'll let you know how it goes. Yeah, man. Next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in next week. <laughs> Tune in next week to see to to see if the robot can park better than Imran. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and that's um, a good place to pack it in. What's uh what do we got next week? I don't know. You made the schedule. What do we have next week? I know. I have an MDX, I think, an accurate MDX. You do MDX, have the MDX yeah. Platinum Elite. Uh, that should be good. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of looking forward to it. I I enjoyed the RDX that I had, so Yeah. Looking forward to its bigger brother. Uh, John's got a a Highlander Hybrid Limited, which is not the Grand Highlander, but it, it has been refreshed for this year, the standard Highlander. Uh, Nathan, you had the last Highlander. I had the last Highlander, yeah, and I thought it was due for some updating, so it'll be interesting to yeah. see how this comes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have the Volkswagen ID4, so two EVs in a row. <laughs> um, I'm actually looking forward to that one. Um, I haven't had... so. A few months ago, I drove the Audi Q4 e-tron, which is basically the fancier ID4. So it'd be interesting to, to see like just how much of that, like how much of the, how much is similar between the two. So it'd be interesting uh, frame, frame frame of comparison. And Nathan, you're doing truck things next week with the F250 diesel. Yeah. Oh yeah, big truck for men. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, rugged. I haven't had a big truck in a while. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. <laughs> I like trucks. I wonder if it's gonna have the floppy knob. 
That's right. That's right. I think 250s have a... Do they have a floppy knob or the column knob? There's... Col- they'll still exist? Do they still exist? I haven't had it like an HD Well, right? technically they exist in Mercedes. They are, they're column knobs. They do. Knobs. Right? They, all <laughs> they do. Column knob. The C43 is a sports sedan with a column mounted shift knob, yep. just like your old... LTD. LTD. Plymouth Voyager. Yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> Very good then. Again. All right. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, it's been a slice. Thank you for listening. Uh, gentlemen, thank you for joining uh, in studio this week. For those who wish to follow along uh, with with our adventures, you can keep tabs on us uh, on socials at doubleclutch.ca. Very good. Thanks for listening, guys. And uh, please remember to like and subscribe and recommend. It helps uh, do algorithm things for us. We like that. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> See you on the next one. See you next week. Take care.